Tom Maluli is an investment advisor representative with Maluli Asset Management. All opinions expressed by Tom and his podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Maluli Asset Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Maluli Asset Management may maintain positions in securities discussed in this podcast. Welcome to the Maluli Asset Management Podcast. This is episode number 296. I'm your host, Tom Maluli. I want to spend this episode talking about the market and talking about the coronavirus and talking about investor behavior. Uh, I have to admit that I learn, I've i learned a lot over the years about investing and about markets by having children. Sometimes the markets have these temper tantrums they're not little. Sometimes they're very violent, like what we're going through right now. But it's best to step aside and let this tantrum run its course rather than try and get tangled up in it. We get calls from clients who tell us all the time that the, the call goes something like, hey, Tom, I want to be aggressive with my investments or I want to be more aggressive with my investments. And we tell them, okay, that's fine. You're going to change your risk profile with us. But also understand that being aggressive means being aggressive in both directions. And that may not be the results that you actually want. So being aggressive means your results could be supersized in both directions, both up and down. And when we have a week like this, where we're recording this on Friday morning, Uh, before the markets open, February 28th, it's already been a long week. In four days, the market is down, depending on which measurement you use, between 10 and 11%. In a market like this, in a very short period of time, if you're aggressive, you could be down 20%. Are you sure that you want that? Is it really worth all that extra risk that you're taking? And so one of the things that I've learned over the years is that when people say, we want to be more aggressive with our investments, what they're actually implying is that they want to be aggressive in up markets, but they want to be conservative in down markets. And I have news for you. It just doesn't work that way. You're either going to be aggressive and aggressive all the time, or you, you can't be aggressive just some of the time. It doesn't really work that way. And so it's a, it's a difficult conversation to have with people. One of the things that I try and drive home to folks when they say they want to be more aggressive is I try to engage them in a conversation and find out what the, what the real problem is. Is it, are you dissatisfied with the results? Is there something else that we should be doing or something else that we might want to know about? I have to say that some of the folks, not all the folks, but some of the folks who say, I really want to be aggressive, we learn over time that they have money problems and that they're hoping that they can hit the jackpot with their investments to bail them out in some other areas of their financial lives. It's a a slippery slope. The other comments that we've heard, especially in the last few days, are my bonds are finally doing what they're supposed to do because bonds have been performing well in the last few weeks uh, while the market's been falling apart. 
Uh, no, bonds have been doing actually what they have always been doing. It's just a little more magnified right now because the market is completely losing its mind. And I don't want to humanize the stock market by giving it human qualities like losing its mind. But that actually seems to be a pretty good way to describe this. And as I mentioned earlier, it's kind of like a young person having a temper tantrum. Sometimes the best thing to do is just step aside and let it run its course, and then we'll get back on track. As an example, uh, and we mentioned this in the video that we did uh, this week, when we had the Ebola virus scare in the fall of 2014, it literally came out of nowhere. We started hearing about a few cases in the summer in Africa, and uh, by the time we had reached late September, early October, <clears throat> this was becoming a real problem. And at its peak, the market fell uh, about 8 or 9% in about a week's time, pretty similar to what we're seeing right now with this coronavirus. The scare lasted a few weeks. This was back in October of 2014. It's important to remember that by December of that year, the market was back at all-time highs. It's also important to remember, if you're listening to this, the market hit all-time highs this month, today is uh, the last business day in February. It wasn't even two weeks ago when the markets, depending on which index you're looking at, were making all-time highs. And so that's something else that we want to drive home is that the market has been long overdue for a pullback. I just want to kind of map out for a moment what's happened over the last five-plus quarters in the market. So that means we have to go back to the end of the third quarter 2018. Now, the third quarter 2018 ended uh, at the end of September. In those last days of the third quarter 2018, the market was making new highs. And then we started in the fourth quarter, and the fourth quarter was just a train wreck. The market went straight down, went down in October, Really didn't do all that much in November, but December was a train wreck and just completely fell apart. By the time we reached Christmas Eve, which was only a half day for the stock market, the market had one of its worst days in years. I believe the Dow was down 600 points on a half day of trading. That turned out to be uh, the bottom for that market. So it really destroyed what was an okay year in the market. At the end of the third quarter, markets, depending again on which index you're using to measure, uh, markets were up 9, 10, 11%. Markets then fell down 18, 19%. Uh, so many finished the year down 5, 6, some down 7%. So we went from a pretty decent year to a not so good year in 90 days. But that set the stage for a really fantastic rally in the first quarter of 2019. Now just follow along with me. First quarter of 2019, market recovers very nicely. It really just put us back. When we got to April, the second quarter, we were only back to where we were in uh, September the year before. So we really kind of did a round trip there in about six months. Second quarter, third quarter, markets really went nowhere. In fact, the market actually went down in the third quarter. A lot of people missed that. 
And then we had a rip-roaring rally in the fourth quarter of this year, of 2019. And so we had gone a long time without a significant kind of pullback. As we turn the calendar into the first quarter of 2020, markets overbought, markets due for a pullback. Uh, Sometimes I just feel uh, that the market needs an excuse to sell off. This may have been the excuse or the reason for the market to just begin selling. And we've sold off pretty quickly. We are now at the point where we've gone from overbought markets at the beginning of this month overbought markets to oversold markets today. Uh, We are now in a position where we may think, uh, we may see a reflex rally, can't tell. We're never really gonna know for sure when these things happen. But, you know, like I said earlier, when the the markets start having a temper tantrum, the best thing to do, don't get tangled up in it, just step to the side and let these things run their course. I wanna spend a, a few moments talking about the coronavirus uh, in particular. And so I'm going to be talking about just some things that I've read in the news, just things that I think are helpful. Uh, I can tell you that most of the headlines that you read or see in the media, especially this week, not helpful, not helpful at all. So we need facts. We don't need drama-filled headlines. My suggestion to everyone listening to this podcast, get as much information as you can read everything, and get the facts so that you have a balanced approach uh, towards the news. Uh, There there are a few things that I do want to just chit-chat about here. People talk about a pandemic, and honestly, that's a word that sounds like it's the end of the world. A pandemic simply means that a disease has spread across a large region or across multiple continents, and that's what we have with this coronavirus. It's spread to multiple continents, but it's a virus. And I seem to suspect that when we see 83,000 cases, as we, that's the numbers that we have this morning, 83,000 confirmed cases, that these are the people who have gone to some kind of medical facility and they've been confirmed through tests that they have this coronavirus. I've got to believe that there are many, 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 many more people walking around this planet who have the virus, and they have it in a mild form. And these viruses, like everything else, they're going to run its course. What I do want to share with you, and we'll put a link to this in the show notes, is that Johns Hopkins uh, put out a terrific video. It's an hour long Honestly, you can watch the first 10 to 15 minutes, and you are going to be well-educated on what's happening with this. Uh, The other thing is they have a live map that shows all of the confirmed cases, all of the details that you're really going to need to know. It's just facts. On Tuesday morning, this worldwide map showed that there were 79,000 confirmed cases. Now, Friday morning, there's 83,000 confirmed cases. That's 4,000 more cases, but the rate of new cases being confirmed has started to slow. In fact, there was a report that came out late yesterday that the numbers that were reported in Italy, and out of nowhere, it seemed like Italy had 400 cases out of the blue. Um, It seems that uh, one of the stories we've heard is that Italy's cases may have been overstated. There's also been uh, just a 
You don't want to trivialize this, but yesterday it was reported that uh, South Korea actually had more new confirmed cases than mainland China. So I think the source area is starting to slow down, but we don't know that for sure. One thing that I can share with you is that uh, mainland markets in China, which are closed to the outside world for the most part, these mainland markets are recovering. Uh, and I know that we mentioned this in the video also, but China has lined up a bazooka of financial stimulus. Let me give you a feel for what's going on. The People's Bank of China lowered the prime rate uh, last week, and they arranged for uh, more medium loan facilities. So that is pumping a lot of liquidity. That's like the Fed lowering interest rates in our in our markets here in the U.S., they're providing a ton of liquidity. We also know that the Ministry of Finance uh, made some fiscal moves. They've lowered medical insurance payments. They've arranged tax cuts. They've canceled tolls on roads. They've cut Social Security contributions for employers and employees temporarily to put more money back in people's hands. And we're starting to see a result. We're starting to see some of these mainland China markets moving up. So we're starting to see overnight Chinese companies in the MSCI China All Shares Index were up almost 1%. The Shanghai and Shenzhen Index both uh, were up, and they've been up more than once uh, this week. So we're starting to see some of the activity in China picking back up. That's really good news. Something else that I want to just point out is that the markets were down last week also. They weren't down to any kind of levels that we've been down this week, however. But the markets were down almost every day last week, and uh, they were down slightly. And then Friday came, markets, uh, Dow was down about 220 points. And then we had two days, Saturday and Sunday, of more news coming out about this virus. And there was no way that the market, the markets weren't open, so there was nothing that people could do. So we had uh, orders lined up, not we, but the market had orders lined up Monday morning to sell. And the market stayed down. It opened down, stayed down all day. Part of that was this overhang of people wanting to exercise their vote and sell stocks at the open on Monday morning. So when we go through these news cycles, sometimes going over a weekend makes it really difficult because you can't see an instant reaction in markets. And that's tough. So we're going into a weekend now on a Friday. Uh, I hope that the news cycle is a little more optimistic and we'll see uh, a different kind of follow through next week. One other thing that I do want to share with you in this, and this was a headline that was buried way, 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 way down beneath all the other drama-filled headlines about fatalities and more confirmed cases and all that other drama. Starbucks yesterday uh, announced that they have reopened nearly all of their stores in China. Now, this headline was buried. This is a good fact. Starbucks is a very progressive company in the sense that they are very in tune with uh, their employees. One of the reasons why Howard Schultz uh, was, people had 
egged him on to run for president was because he takes such good care of his employees. The reason why a cup of coffee at Starbucks costs $3.75 is because he's baked in the cost of employee benefits into your cup of coffee. You know what? I don't mind going to Starbucks now and then and plunking down a couple of bucks for a cup of coffee. It's a good thing. And so this is a company that's really tuned in to their employees. They don't want to put their employees at risk. If Starbucks is reopening nearly all of their stores in China, that's good news. So I wanted to end the podcast on some good news. I appreciate you listening to episode number 296, and we will be back in touch with you soon.